Welcome to this edition of the DMZ America podcast. It is December 8th, 2021. I'm Scott Stanton, coming to you from the right. And I'm Ted Rall, and I'm coming to you from the left. You know, when I was in high school, um, those years ago, uh, the, the subject that year, if, if any of you have, were on debate teams, you know, you had the subject and you debated it throughout the, the, that season, uh, was criminal justice and criminal justice reform. And it was an interesting subject, and it was one people knew very little about, cared even less about. And um, so, you know, so as the years progress, it's a car- an issue that I cartooned about, and it was always the cartoons that got the least amount of attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you should try was- drawing about NAFTA. <laughs> no, really? Uh, no. no one gives two shits about NAFTA. Oh, come on, really? Well, okay. Yeah. So uh, recently, we've had a, a spat of shootings, and the most recent one was up in Michigan, Oakland County, and uh, a 15-year-old boy goes into a school, shoots people, and uh, with a gun that his parents bought for him for Christmas, well, whatever happened to Tonka trucks? You know, I mean, just, right. you know, it's a time, Junior, do you want, <laughs> do you want a Tonka truck, or do you want a Glock? Yeah, it's just weird to me that gun culture in this country is bizarre. Um, but anyway, I digress. So he's and they decide he's going to be charged as an adult. Why? Because it's a high profile case and they can. And Ted, you wrote a column recently on this subject and a syndicated column. And you uh, have definite feelings about this issue. So it's going to be great to have a conversation with someone who actually gives a shit about criminal justice. Uh, I do. I get 1.5 shits about <laughs> Wow. Well, that's more than most people. Uh, <laughs> when I was drawing for Alabama, they would have the, 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 uh, the ratio of, of convicts to, to guards because they'd done so many cuts in the criminal justice system was some like 200 to one. I mean, it's crazy. And gee, what could go wrong there? And so I'd cartoon about issues like that. Um, you're a little more up to date uh, in terms of the issue you address and why you address it. So I'm just going to toss it your way and you tell us what you wrote about and then we'll discuss. Okay. Well, so yeah, this was a cartoon that appeared in uh, actually it wasn't a column, although I'm thinking about writing a column about it, but um, I wrote a piece oh. for our, uh, for counterpoint, the uh, cartoonist, the editorial cartoon newsletter that you and I are both in uh, along with uh, 14 other cartoonists. Uh, this is a pitch. Uh, you should, if you're interested in getting uh, free editorial cartoons into your uh, inbox every day, uh, just go to counterpoint.com and it'll tell you what to do. Uh, And this cartoon has kind of resonated. And basically it was prompted by uh, the announcement by uh, Michigan Cup prosecutors that they're going to charge Ethan Crumbly, the 15-year-old suspect uh, in the school shooting in Oxford Township, uh, Michigan, as an adult. And that has always struck me as an inherent absurdity. Um, you know, we have a juvenile justice system for a reason. It's been long recognized uh, by Americans and uh, by other c- uh, countries around the world. The children are different from adults. They're they're not little adults. They their brains are different. They don't understand consequences. Um, I read a book one time about uh, kids who had like killed their parents or other adults. Um, and their experience. And one of the most fascinating and heartbreaking stories was this boy who, who he murdered both of his parents. Yeah, I think he was 14. And uh, at the, and he was questioned by the police. And at one point he, he told the police that he was 
really eager. He was very worried. He wanted to get back home to his parents because they would must be worried because he was never out usually this late. Um, oh. So oh. he obviously didn't really understand the finality of mortality. Uh, you know, kids, the, the way that uh, the, the teen brain is, uh, is that it, they don't understand long-term consequences. They don't understand uh, the way that people who are say over 25 do um, these, the, the centers of the brain that, that assess, um, you know, the cause and effect and uh, have that kind of pattern recognition just aren't really formed. So what is the point of having a juvenile justice system that has more leniency built into the system for, for young people? If every time we feel like it, because a, a story is in the new, is in the headlines, like the murder of these four, uh, you know, you know, these four children in at the high school in Oxford Township, you know, the, every time there's a story like that, it's in the national news. Oh, well, you know, in order to showboat the prosecutors say, okay, well, we're going to try this child as an adult. You know, we don't try adults as children. Um, <laughs> well, you talked, <laughs> we were talking really, about this earlier and you had a great line. This is maybe if it goes one way, why doesn't it go the other? Yeah. You, know, you ever notice that the, like these exceptions always go towards fewer rights and uh, more harshness. It's never toward the, you know, making an exception to make things easier or looser. Um, so, no, I mean, it's, it is, it is an absurdity. And I mean, if anything, uh, we should be talking about what to do about uh, people 18 to 25 who commit the vast majority of violent crimes and probably the vast majority of street crimes in this country. Um, you know, what you do when you're 19, you know, you still aren't really fully no, formed no. when you're 19. And, uh, you know, you would do things when you're 19 that you would not do when you're 29 at all. You're no, a different well, person. And in fact, psychiatrists you know, have shown that teenagers, first of all, are insane, literally by the literal tra- definition of insanity, they're crazy and brain development. And you and I've talked about this in regards to legalizing marijuana brain development isn't complete until roughly the age of 25. Yeah. So, so, I mean, should they have juvenile, should juvenile justice extend to someone 25? I mean, we joke, but I think it's hilarious. It's, I love the idea of, you know, Scott, we know you broke into that store, but you're kind of an idiot. So we're going to chart, we're going to try you as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Idea. Yeah. Well, you know, like I, I'm drawing a cartoon right now. It's like a trial about this subject, like child crime, childish crime, childish time. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, like, like literally one of the, one of the things on uh, gocomics.com. Uh, about in the comment section today, someone said like, well, you know, you can tell that he should be tried as an adult because there was planning. Well, so does that mean if an adult doesn't plan his crime out carefully that he should be tried as a child? Yeah. I mean, mean, that's a, a, I mean, like, you know, that's ridiculous. It's like, you know, there's, it's adult crime, adult time is an absurdity. Well, you made, you make an interesting point too, that, it's it's not equal justice under law because listen I, mean, I don't know i can't say authoritatively maybe we should probably research this but yeah, it's a podcast we don't have to be that smart uh, how many cases actually do get changed that aren't high profile that aren't like you know some egregious thing like happened up in up in michigan how many of those are kids who are then tra- charged and 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 tried as adults i bet the number is very very low. Um, 
the, the thing is, this kid is going to be tried because it's a high profile case. Uh, there's extenuating circumstances where his parents apparently are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs as well. Right. Um, by the way, that case, that case seems extremely weak. I'm just going to say, I um, don't, you know what you can charge, thing. but can you convict? I mean, there's enough reasonable doubt, doubt to drive a truck through. Seems to me this whole, this whole story, that whole story though, that just stunk from the beginning. So I, there's other things at play here that we don't know yet. Yes. And I suspect they were come to the fore, obviously, but right now it just seems it's just a weird case, man. It's just weird, but we digress. We're going back. So criminal justice in America. I mean, it's, it is. I mean, I mean let's just say that like under equal justice, right? Like every, if you're, there should be, the rules should be simple and they should apply to everyone. If everybody is, if you're under 18, you go to juvenile court. doesn't matter if you did something really, 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 really bad that we really hate and you suck and you're ugly and you're fat. Uh, no, no, it doesn't matter. Everybody gets the same treatment if they're under 18. Everyone gets the same treatment if they're over 18. Right. I mean, that's yeah, just- no, it makes perfect sense. In fact, you're sounding very conservative, which is um, or certainly libertarian, which is we believe that, you know, um, rule of law is essential. I mean, everyone well, thinks I think that- that's a, I mean, that's true about socialism, too, you know, which is the part where I come from. I mean, rule of law is important. You have to have consistent. That's part of the, the problem with capitalism is that it encourages unequal treatment of people, depending on, for example, their inability to afford legal counsel. Um, you know, they don't get equal, tre- equal treatment under the law or, um, you know, racism is a sort of a structural flaw of capitalism. I would and- say the Miranda rights kind of have addressed the whole lawyer part. Um, except for the fact that kids don't really understand what they're hearing. I mean, it's like first and not to mention half the time the cops don't Mirandize the suspect. I don't know if that's true. But even if they do, you know, it's like, they're like blah, 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 blah. you have the right to roll. It's, it's just like goes in. I've seen this on TV. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really true. And then like the cops say and the cops lie like hell to the suspects. They're like, you know, if you just tell us all the truth, just tell us the truth. You can go home tonight. We just need to know what happened. You know, it's just so we can close our files. Don't worry. You know. Well, and no, they're no. dumb. I mean, most criminals are stupid. So, you know, the idea of the criminal mastermind is just a, you know, that's a uh, TV conceit, right? That's not the real world. No, they're idiots. It's, they truly are. I mean, criminals are genuinely stupid. That's the only way that cops can catch them. <laughs> right. fact, you hear cops say that, you know, we're the only reason, you know, we're not that bright. The only reason we catch criminals is because they're dumber than we are. <laughs> yeah, right. But the criminal justice system in America is fucked up. I mean, let's face it. It's um, everything from defund, which may have been the dumbest name for a movement in the history of movements. Um, yeah, reallocate would have been better and more accurate. Or just reform, which. Um, right. Like, or or how about like. uh civilianize or like demilitarize the police would have been better. Well, there's that. I mean, you and I have talked about that. There is a, um, <laughs> there is a, uh, Oh God, I want to say undertaker. That's not the title for someone who handles dead people in the government. Uh, the coroner here in a small County in Alabama, a coroner, Ted, a coroner decided was offered, you know, they military, they had all this military military equipment coming out of the Iraq and Afghanistan and wars. And, they would give them to police departments. And this guy got a fully armored uh, hum, Humvee. I want that. I mean, first of all, that could really come into handy with these New Jersey drivers here in Manhattan. <laughs> no. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the way, Jersey. 
<laughs> APC right. for me. You know, I, I lived in the Hamptons for a while, and as you know, and uh, the uh, the town of Southampton, New York, uh, has a its own armored personnel carrier, which it got from one of either Iraq or Afghanistan war. Uh, you know, if you've been to Southampton. You know, the, the the greatest threat to your security is Alec Baldwin. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is completely a... Uh, too soon, like, Ted, too soon. Well, he, he also might be just punching you in the face over your parking spot. Uh, that seems to be a Manhattan thing. But, you know, it's just a completely... Um, it's ridiculous. It's... Uh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, that's a... But, the, but getting back to criminal justice reform, I mean... I guess this does bring the broader, I mean, can we agree that trying children as adults is an absurdity? I don't, I think it does go case by case. My, my point is you and I talked about. It does go case by case, but I'm saying it should never happen. We had a long time. What's the justification? Like, why would you have, well, that's my point. I'm going to walk it. I'm going to take it further, Ted, and say, why do we have a criminal, why do we have a juvenile justice system? Period. You, you commit a crime. Here's the ramification. You hold up a liquor store at 15. It's a, why is that different than if you hold up a liquor store at 25? Well, I mean, yeah. So look, I, I'm okay with consistency. If we want to say as a society that there is uh, no reason to have a different approach to um, adjudicating crimes committed by uh, young people, uh, to, by children, as opposed to uh, adults, that's a discussion we can have. But, um, and I think there's, pros and cons to that. Uh, I think overall, we have all sorts of, look, this country is, we wildly over-sentence, we over-imprison, yeah. we, 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 we like toss out, you know, four-year or eight-year prison terms like candy, um, you know, where this, you could probably have gotten uh, a more redemptive result with a shorter prison term. Um, you know, we, we're, we're, we're warehousing too many people. We have too many, we have more people. We're the most incarcerated country per capita in the world. Oh, by far, uh, by, by far. Have you seen these charts? We're worse than China. And they used to be way up there. Uh, but China has, has actually undergone extensive criminal justice reform in the last 10 years. And they have really emptied their prisons to a great extent. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, I just think it's like a really, um, un, it's, it's a, it's a, we just have to have consistency. Like we, I understand the purpose of the juvenile system and, um, and why it's different. And as long as we have it, it seems to me like, you know, if you're a juvenile, you should be in the juvenile justice system. Yeah. And stay there. I mean, you're, and you're right. The thing is that they, especially a crime that's particularly heinous, should they have to, should maybe the juvenile laws need reforming. We warehouse people like crazy here. And this dovetails into my, what to me is a bigger point even than what's happening up in Michigan and with that kid and his parents. And that is, we are idiots in America on how we criminal, how we incarcerate and how we dole out criminal justice in this country. We send people to prison. You know, we say it's, it's, it's for punishment. It's not for revenge. Horse shit, Ted. It's absolutely, it's got just now it's just down to it's revenge. Of course it's revenge. What else could it be? I mean, I mean, that's that's like, yeah, well, like getting back to Ethan Crumbly, he's an incredibly unappealing young man and uh, child, 15 year old. Uh, what he did is re- is extremely repugnant, uh, though. Anyone with a child or who been a child, which is everybody can <laughs> can can just think about, can, you know, can obviously just uh, 
empathize with the horror of that. Can you imagine like, you know, your, your I sister can. doesn't come home from school. Your, your daughter doesn't come home from school. Um, you know, because that's happened to her. I mean, that's, it's heinous, not to mention the trauma and the injuries suffered by the, the survivors of this massacre. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be in, you know, this is going to keep shrinks in 200, $300 an hour paydays for years. Um, so it's a, it's a serious, I mean, it is, it is horrible. And, uh, but you know, so what, it's a heinous crime. But let's walk this down the road. Let's say Crumbly is going to be convicted of this crime. He's thrown in prison. They sentence him to whatever life imprisonment. And, you know, 28, 20 years later, he'll be, you know, 35 years old and he gets released potentially just potentially yeah um, no, i think i think because he was convicted as a child there's a strong chance that will happen exactly the way so what said. so what 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 kind of person is released and i asked this of not me. new and improved let's put no, it that way there's no one our criminal justice system is so geared towards revenge that's why i mentioned it and not geared towards reform now you know i'm not touchy feeling i'm not an idiot uh, well not in this at least i know <laughs> i mean there's a lot there's there's dumbasses who do dumbass things and they're mean and they're, they're not, a, you know, they don't help society. But a lot of these people, you look at how they handle criminal justice, for instance, in Europe, mm. um, they actually look towards reform, cutting back the re- recidivism rate or recidivism is a fancy word for repeat offender. But you want to cut, cut you know, cut, call back that number as much as you possibly can. Our number just keeps exploding, you know, um, and we throw murderers in jail forever, which is curious. And this, I'm going to get into trouble for saying this, but it's absolute. It's I can back it up. Murder has the lowest recidivism rate of almost any other crime, by far. If I, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I, I lose my mind and I shoot somebody. That's pretty much the only time I'm going to do that. Unless it was I'm probably assertive. just about them. So that's and but on sex offenders, you know, we pretty much let those guys serve 18 months and then let them go. And they have an incredibly hot, you can guarantee that a rapist, a molester, uh, you know, a Catholic priest is going, <laughs> is going to do it again. It's right. just, yeah, how, it's just how what, that, that's, like, that's how that goes. Yeah. And we don't, and those guys are the ones who should throw away the key. Well, except, except what we do, but well, I mean, that brings up an interesting question. I was going to say two things. First of all, you could you could do that, but um, there's the question of whether it's right because a lot of criminal justice is related to state of mind, right? And I mean, if someone is, let's just say they're a child molester, I mean, are they really a criminal in the sense of someone who's like um, making an active choice, or are they more like a predator that that they can't kind mm-hmm. of help themselves? They're driven by a compulsion. And it's in our, I mean, you know, it's kind of like a lot of uh, people who are uh, interested, uh, sexually attracted to young, to children are, you know, they struggle with it. They don't want to act on it. They hate the fact that they, that they have those urges and society isn't very good at providing any kind of um, out, you know, any kind of solution and nobody really cares. No one has any sympathy for them. So, um, you know, they, they struggle with it and then, you know, it's like if they yield to that temptation, are they, I mean, what they've done is horrible and evil, but are they themselves horrible and evil? And should they be treated, for example, when I say locked away, 
maybe they, you know, they need to be put into confined, but that doesn't mean they have to be confined under punitive or, you know, violent conditions. Maybe they're sent to sort of a dormitory type setting. Maybe there's uh, drugs they can take and uh, psychiatric solutions that can help them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, in other words, are they really bad people as much as they are people who know who do not have any place in our society, which is not really the same thing. Well, there was a Virginia University professor who, um, Alan Walker, um, who teaches uh, sociology and criminal justice at Old Dominion University, uh, floated the idea that sexual attraction to kids is not always immoral. I, he, he has since been suspended oh, for this. Yeah, no, I read that and he was not, yeah, the point he was trying to make is the attraction is not immoral. Well, that's obviously true. The attraction, attraction is attraction. I mean, if you're attracted to cats, I mean, you know, it's fine. Just don't fuck your cat. Um, you know, I mean, you can- <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> this is a public service message from DMZ America. Do not fuck your cat. It sounds like <laughs> or a child. It sounds um, like the more, you know, from remember the NBC, the more, you know, <laughs> The, the more you know, the you're more you lonely. know. Don't fuck your cat. You're a little lonely. You're a little. You're lonely. You're a little horny. Don't fuck <laughs> your cat. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck your cat. Don't so fuck the, your. But cat. the point is, it's like, yeah. The attra- I mean, I can't. I. I was. I'm glad you brought that up, Scott, because I felt sorry for this guy. Why? I mean, well, because he's trying to make a very simple academic uh, point that, like, people are willfully misunderstanding. He said himself, like, okay, acting on attraction to children is evil and wrong it's like but having the attraction is not evil and wrong i don't see how that's how that's i mean let's just take the fact that it's a highly loaded crime out of it let's just say you have like an urge every time you go to the bank you have an urge to rob the place and you have a desire to rob banks but you never do rob banks are you a bad person no because in our society uh, we do, we're, we don't believe in thought crime. You're guilty of what you do. Your actions are what you're held accountable for. We don't, it's not, we don't have minority report, right? We don't, we don't. Um, yet. Not yet, but we don't, but we don't, yeah, we don't punish people for their impulses or for their urges or for their desires. I mean, you could have the sickest, most twisted, most violent, depraved desires in the world. But if you never act on them, you are by definition a good person. In fact, I'd argue you're a better person than most of us because you're resisting this terrible temptation. You know, I mean, my mom used to say I was a good kid because I didn't do drugs. I was like, mom, I don't like drugs. So if I liked drugs and I wasn't doing drugs, that would make me maybe a good person. But I'm not interested (laughs) in drugs. So I'm not resisting any temptation. I mean, resist that's noble to resist temptation so there was interestingly when i was converting to the catholic church i was the lessons were the rci the classes for adults was taught by a nun and she had a great line this kind of falls into exactly what you're saying um she said she was having trouble because she would see a good-looking guy and have immoral thoughts right and this troubled her and she but her uh, thoughts were not immoral because they were just thoughts in her context they well no don't forget in catholic church if you right. think something it's pretty much oh, that's true mm-hmm. yeah don't forget we're <laughs> we're that's very strict true. on this side of the, on this place but she said she talked to a priest and had a great line and i've used it ever since 
she, she has an exercise now where she sees someone she's attracted to. She gives herself two to three seconds to go, wow, what I could do. At the three second mark, you go, God is a magnificent creator. And then you go and finish, you know, go for it. You don't just stare. Um, I do that myself. It's a, it's a, you're right. I mean, it's a, you know, it, 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 it acknowledges temptation, acknowledges humanity. The Bible does that very clearly in the story about the, the you know, the last temptation of Christ when he's brought, uh, when the devil shows him all the world's kingdoms and says, if you just bow before me, all, everything is yours. And so Christ, they don't say that Christ is like, yeah, I don't care about that shit. I just want to eat like green smoothies. No, he did care. <laughs> Christ, Christ was tempted. He was very tempted, extremely tempted, and then chose not to. That's the whole point. Uh, the you know what the in in other words, I think in most, uh, like Saint Augustine said that if there's no temptation, then there's no goodness. You know, mm. there, there has to be temptation. Otherwise, I mean, where's the moral choice, right? I mean, I mean, really, the person who's resisting a powerful urge, for example, you know, I mean, let's face it. It's a little ridiculous in this, in our society, it's only in the last 200 years or so that the idea that children are to be protected, children under 18 specifically, and are not supposed to be sex objects has been common part of Western tradition. And it hasn't even been that widespread, right? I mean, in the, in the, in Southern states until like 50, 60 years ago, it was totally legal to marry children. Um, So, uh, you know, it's only very recent that uh, the idea, you know, you don't touch anyone under the age of 18, which I'm all on board with completely. And that said, um, you can't expect after hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, where anyone who was, um, let's just say had, uh, it was was pubescent or, or older, let's say older than 12 or 13, was fair game sexually. Um, suddenly, we change, we pivot, we say, okay, well, we're adding six years to that. Um, well, there's going to be some people who didn't get the, me- they didn't get the memo evolutionarily. They're still going to be, they're still going to want to roll that way. So, I mean, we've just effectively criminalized those people. I don't know if it's a criminal issue as much as it is a regulatory issue. We have to figure out a way to keep them away from kids. You know, that's the issue really. It's like, we're trying to keep our kids safe. It's like what we're doing instead is we're not keeping our kids safe. We're letting uh, pedophiles rape our children, and then we're punishing them after the fact. I mean, that doesn't seem like the right approach. No, well, that comes to, again, how flawed the criminal justice system is. Two quick stories. Don't forget, being attracted to younger young girls killed the senatorial hopes of Roy Moore here in Alabama if you recall, because he used to go even in Alabama. Well, no, <laughs> there no are but limits. You want, okay. Well, they, <laughs> you want a funny story. Um, he he, you know, if with him, he should have considered his cat. <laughs> Cats don't testify. That's true. Well, if they do, nobody believes them. When I first moved here to Alabama back in the nineties, they were debating this, Ted, I'm not making this up. They're debating whether or not to turn the legal marriage age in Alabama from 14 to 16. I'm not kidding. There we go. No, I, I believe that. And I there was, that. and there was some pushback in the legislature over this. So they came to a compromise. I'm not making this up folks. I'd love I, to hear what the specific arguments were. Well, here's the argument. <laughs> they had to, they can grandfather you in 
if you're married at 14, as this law took, took, took effect, if you were married at 14, got divorced, you could remarry before you were 16. What? Yes, they grandfathered you in because let's face it, you're 14. You know, middle school's complicated. <laughs> you, sure. You get divorced. You could still get remarried at 15. That was yeah, the compromise. You know, when, when I, I remember when I was in chess club in sophomore year in high school, probably like in between Boy Scouts and working at Friendlies, I would I could have probably stood some divorce proceedings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that's just like this is this is the yeah that's I reminiscent live. of well it, it it makes me think of this weird um, thing that Muslims do where they have they get one day marriages like get like an basically it's like what's that yeah it's basically like you want to fuck a prostitute or your girlfriend or your boyfriend and like um, but you know, adultery is very serious, very matter in, in, in countries like Iran or Saudi Arabia. So you get an imam to marry you for like, literally, they give you a one day marriage. So basically, it's, it's like a sex coupon. So you can, so if you're ever caught, like, hey, you know, uh, we know that, um, you know, you too, blah, 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 you're able to say, listen, we were married, we had a one day uh, marriage. You got to be kidding. No, I'm, I'm fucking serious. You can look it up. It's true. Man-made rules when applied to religion. It's always um, just... Well, when, when, when certain rules don't fucking make sense, people do a workaround. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I mean, well, especially when it comes to sex. There's always a workaround. My God. <laughs> or a reach around. <laughs> <laughs> you always I have mean, to go there, don't you, Ted? I do. I do. I always have to do that. Like that and the cat fucking and, and, uh, uh, and poor Lewis Cass, who uh, we will not talk about. Melty face as we like to call him in the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. melty face. Okay. So we've kind of covered this. So, I mean, so criminal justice real quick, we need to reform a system from top to bottom. America's not, you know, I love how people say America's the greatest country in the world. You know, okay. I can just point to uh, criminal justice and say, no, no, we're not. No, it's crappy. I mean, ours is really bad. It's up there with our healthcare system. Um, you know, I got. I have to also say, since we, we did talk a little bit about uh, the problem of pedophilia, um, there's uh, Megan's Law is also a shit show. I mean, why? Well, because the the what is the what what the way Megan's Law works is if you're a convicted pedophile or actually just a sex offender, like there are people who it's so stupid, like they public urination. And they're written yeah. up as sex offenders. You know, they stopped. They had too many beers. They had a piss on their way home. And, uh, you know, if they piss next to a schoolyard or something that at two in the morning, then suddenly they're a sex offender. It's ridiculous. They're not a sex offender. But anyway, the point is they are listed as such. They're forced to uh, register with the police. Uh, they go into a database that is searchable by the general public. Uh, they become subject to possible vigilantism. Uh, from the paranoid neighbors or maybe not so paranoid neighbors. And it's pretty out of control. There's, um, uh, Isn't that the, the law where you have to go door to door? And if you're, in yeah, you have to tell door. everyone like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pervert. Hi, I'm your new pervert neighbor. Hey, what's up? You're also not allowed to live within or in some towns uh, being like within a certain distance it's of like, like public parks feet. or yeah. it depends. It's every municipality is different. Um, you can't be near a school. You can't be, there's actually some towns 
where there's literally no legal place for them to live because the distances are so big and the density of parks and schools is so high that it is not legal actually to be anywhere. And um, so, you know, there should be a principle that if you cannot obey, Congress should not be able to pass a law that you cannot obey. But my problem with Megan's law is this. I mean, what what the state is effectively doing is saying, look, sex, uh, sex offenders are so recidivist that we can't trust them to live outside. However, nevertheless, we're going to let them live outside. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're going to just uh, outsource the work of uh, keeping an eye on them on civilians who don't know shit about this, about law enforcement. And who are going to like maybe freak out and, and, and beat up, beat them, beat up their neighbors. I mean, look, if they're really that dangerous, keep them locked up. And if they're not that dangerous, leave them the fuck alone so they can start their lives again. You and I couldn't agree more on this one because and it's this for those of you listening, this is no way, shape or form endorsing pedophilia or sex crimes. Obviously. But what what bothers me about it is probably the same thing that bothers you. You've done the crime. You've been tried. You've been convicted. You went to jail. Here's the prescribed length of the sentence. And then you serve that sentence and they say, you've served your sentence. Goodbye. This seems to me to be extraordinary amount of additional penalty that is is unconstitutional. And I think it's effectively for life. I don't think you're kicked off. I don't think like the Megan's Law Registry, um, you know, expunges you after any amount of time. Yeah, contact Ted or I and let us know if that's true and we can bring it up in the next podcast. But I think you're right. I think this is in perpetuity. So So you do something like that when you're 20 years old and when you're 80, it's still in there. I can see this kind of walker. (laughs) Come here, let me catch you, little boy. I'm a perv. I mean, it's weird. It is. It is weird as shit. Um, look, I have a serious problem with that kind of thing. You know, you you know, like for example, the fact that ex-cons have to reveal to potential employers that they have a felony conviction, or yeah. states where you're not allowed to vote af- uh, because you're a, a convicted felon. Couldn't agree more. These things are wrong. Um, you know, if you if you did your time, you served, you were punished by the state, then they need to leave you alone. In fact, they should help you out a little bit, give you counseling. Um, some education, hold your hand and, and like help you, you know, and keep an eye on you to help, not in order to like give you a hard time. And that comes back to my original point at the top of this discussion, which is our criminal justice system does not work towards, you know, reform. It works towards revenge. Or making society safer. Yeah, we're not. We're just not. It doesn't. So let's go with what works. Can we all agree on that? Well, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, man, I don't understand. Everyone's always like, look at the Norwegians, uh, you know, the Swedes, the Finns, the Danes. They have this figured out. And everyone kind of knows that's true on the left, on the right, in the middle. By the way, this is a a good bipartisan issue, right? Because Republicans and Democrats are really on the same page about this uh, for slightly different reasons. But, you know. Part of it is that just the criminal, you know, the uh, criminal, the prison industrial complex has become so expensive. Um, So the point is, like, we should be able, we all know what works. We know what doesn't work. We all agree on it. This is something we really ought to be able to do as a society. Absolutely. Okay, so I think we've we've solved that, Ted. (laughs) 
<laughs> people just need to listen to this down to this uh, podcast and then That's they it. will be all set. So if you want to see my stuff, uh, I'm Scott Stans. You can go, as Ted mentioned earlier, go to Counterpoint. Counterpoint has got a bunch of great cartoonists, Ted and I included, and it's a daily uh, newsletter you can subscribe to. You, there's a free version, but you know you want to subscribe to it and get all the good, juicy stuff there. Um, go to counterpoint.com. You can also see my work at gocomics.com slash Scott Stannis or gocomics.com slash Prickly City and see my comic strip. You can also go to the Chicago Tribune opinion site and see the cartoons I draw for them. Ted, where can we see you? Uh, well, you can go to rawl.com, R-A-L-L.com, go comics.com slash Ted Rawl and find those comments about uh, the cartoon that we discussed today. And then also um, sputniknews.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays and whowhatwhy.org on Saturdays. And don't be shy about picking up Ted's new book, The Stringer, which is absolutely fantastic. It's a page turner. It's smart. It's, um, it's fantastic. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And they can get that at rawl.com or your any book outlet online. Is that correct? That is true. Yeah. Cool. Uh, independent, best to order it from your local independent brick and mortars uh, uh, bookstore. And if you don't have one of those, even a brick and mortar Barnes and Noble would be great. Uh, these days we need them all. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. So for this edition of WZM America, I'm Scott Stanis with Ted Rawl. Next time. It'll be even more exciting, better than ever. You totally garbled that. That was amazing. Did I really? Lewis Cast moment. Yeah. Yeah, You said W Z M or something. Did I? Oh, I thought I was on the radio again. This was W Z M. Monster sound. DMZ America podcast. Yes, I'm sorry. COVID. It's uh, never. Man, we're bidening out here. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, we'll see you in the funny papers, folks. Bye.